0: Welcome everybody back to episode two, of the Huskies Hockey Podcast. Here it's Weldy sitting with Andrew in Ayo. our uh, own little uh, corners of the United States, so to speak. How, how are you going? How are things going?
1: Things are going pretty
0: good. So you uh, had a little bit of a weekend trip down in Vegas. How was that? Did you run the tables?
1: It was nice. Yeah, I did. I did fairly well at blackjack. Um, uh, and I won some money based on the misery of Minnesota sports, can put two and two together there. If I can't, I did, I did think I did just bet money on the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings are, have their misery enough, but not even really at they've got more, much more of a positive history than the Browns do.
0: But I, I still won. Hey, you still won. Well, you know Minnesota Sports, what can you say? Um, and you know, with that, I just watch the Red Zone channel now. So that's pretty much all I do. You know, I have got YouTube TV, I just paid the extra whatever a month for the for the red zone channel. And they just never cut to that game at all. So I was like, wow, it must be a really low scoring and it's like it's just one of those times it's like, God, I'm so happy I didn't sit and watch that. From everything I've read and seen, it just looked like a painful game to watch.
1: So Yeah, I really just saw sorry, I haven't watched a full Vikings game in seven years. It's been a long time. I, I listen to K, I listen K-Fan, though, and it sounds like this season's going to be a, a hot mess, which is some of my favorite, favorite seasons um, <laughs> when it comes to Minnesota pro sports teams. You don't want to just have a 500 season. You want it to go really bad. Go
0: really uh, good or really bad. Minnesota Wild Purgatory, where all of it's just, you know, pretty good, squeak into the playoffs, and then just, uh, you know, run into a team that's better. And then you just can't improve.
1: Yeah. So, you, you like the, the biblically bad. Uh, I did enjoy the twin season this year, too, for that reason.
0: Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> So you were correct on picking uh, the Browns over the Vikings. Won a little money on that, and you were also correct uh, in our last podcast talking about St. Thomas. So let's go ahead and oh, just we, uh, we jump into a little bit of a recap. And you said hmm. that there was going to be one blowout and one tight game, and lo and behold, that's what we got.
1: I think we both kind of agreed on that. I, I'm not going to take sole credit on that, but I think you, I think you, your terminology is one boat race. And one tighter one. And yep. I think twelve to two. I think that qualifies that, as a boat race.
0: That's a boat race. That that that's a race of many a boat.
1: Should say it should have been thirteen to two. Didn't like that waved <laughs> off goal. I don't know if you got a chance. I know that we texted about that. I don't know if you got a chance yeah, to see it. We
0: but. we texted about that. I tweeted out the clip and yeah, they actually said the St. Paul player was impeding the goalie's pro- or impeding the goalie's view of the puck while in the crease.
1: And I'm, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they meant that meant that there's contact there, I, even if but, he is. Here's, if, if that's the if that's a rationale, it's bad enough. But now we're now we're we can't we can't
0: screen the goalie. And and that's the thing that was really pulled my mind is because he stuttered when he explained it. So he went from yeah. saying that there was contact to correcting himself by saying it was just the view of the puck. And it's like I mean, 90% of goal scores in hockey is because of a screened goalie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... Yeah, I know we're going out of order here and we're getting our rants, front-loading the rant here, but even Let's if... Get gonna, Let's get I them hooked.
0: Let's get them hooked on the pod. This is what we do.
1: I mean, yeah, it's 10-goal win. Uh, not terribly uh, upset about this.
0: Yeah, but, but it's the, it's more, the, the complete the, principle. The, the, princi-
1: the principle of it, and more so than whether or not you're waving the goal off. If you're waving the goal off and you, it was a 30-second review, even if you use that terrible rationale... I would be like, oh yeah, this streamlined uh, review system uh, working like a charm. No, instead, it was longer. Maybe the longest review I've ever seen, especially for one that I mean, the game was what ten to two at the time. I mean, my God, <laughs> let's just, let's get it going here.
0: Well, definitely uh, was the longest review of the season. I can think of longer reviews.
1: <laughs> it might be a t- it might be a tough uh, number to beat. I'd hope. Oh no, I, I really hope. No. I hope there is nothing that long that that longer uh, a review. Oh, of, it's any
0: it, it's an NCHC refs, of course. Uh, of course, they'll be a little bit a little bit longer somewhere yeah. around the line.
1: Yeah, I suppose I was going to have a Todd Anderson joke, but I think he's. I don't think he. Re- I don't think he's in the league anymore. I think he retired. <sighs> but yeah. someone in someone in the league is going to be hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And exactly. Yeah.
0: And, it'll, and again, they're going to go frame by frame. You know, minute detail by minute detail and say, I didn't see. I you didn't know, see we, need to, we need to wave off this goal because, you know, we don't want scoring in this league.
1: I didn't see anything that would have necessitated waving the goal off. I mean, he was at the top of the crease, and I'm sure his toe slipped into the crease at some point. Uh, and there might have been some incidental, incidental contact with the goaltender. Nothing that materially really affected the, uh, the goalie from stopping them and that's i think the
0: the important thing there yeah you know this being a thing you know throughout the season it's going to be it's going to be completely irritating and you're going to hear me rant about it over and over again so great get your popcorn ready
1: yeah and they, and they always whenever there's a yeah every year there's a couple of rule changes that they announce and they say we're cracking on on this and that and you know we mentioned you know i think the, the, the test podcast that they're claiming to crack down on face-off infractions. Generally, that seems to be the case for the first couple of months, you know, yeah, maybe until Christmas. And then, then they generally kind of loosen it up uh, after Christmas. But, yeah, I would say, especially if they're yeah, trying to improve the review system, expect some, they expect the most problems of adjusting to that or or just being more picky about things. For that to be the first couple of months here, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, once we get into you know the, the bulk of the conference schedule, I, I hope that uh, things are just a little bit more reasonable. But, but yeah, I so d- yeah. I
0: I do have to say that the now now you know I w- I was in the suite for that game, right? So I was I, I, I was up with the Ritz. Uh, I w- I was up rubbing. Uh, rubbing, you know, elbows and pressing the cheeses and whatnot with, with, with the uh, the finer folk of the St. Cloud Elite. Uh, but, you know, up there, you know, they've got the feed, and and then you can kind of cycle through different feeds. So they had the overhead feed, and they were going through that. Picture does look really nice. So they did upgrade some cameras, or it must have been something like that. So, I mean, it'll you'll get a clearer picture, but... It'll it'll still be the judgment calls that uh, are still going to be tic tacky, um, you know, as, as we go throughout the season. So, is
1: that a company perk or just yep. shell out shell out the money yourself?
0: Oh no, it's uh, that was a company perk. Um, they have, Yeah,
1: uh, I, I t- like. I, yeah, I liked how you, you're kind of like, oh, you know how they have all the different reviews, angles, camera angles. No, I have I have never <laughs> been in one of the suites. I was always
0: with the with the plebes. Oh, you oh you're down there with the with the with the unwashed down down there in the in the regular seats. Um, no changes to the sound system, so that's uh, the, you know, shocker there. Nice. So that's uh, that's still the same, you know. Ears sore, but a um, little bit of updated music. So I was like, okay, this is this is a little bit different. I'm kind of digging it and and whatnot, but. Um, It was weird because they had two concessions open on the new edition side, far side, one concession was closed and you know, I've got my daughter with me who's four. So I'm walking around huge line because we go on her terms anyway. So of course, during the intermission, we wanted to go. So I'm like, okay, fine. Huge lines, you know, as expected, whatever, go around, go to the back. Only one concession stand open, so I'm like, all right, well, there's, you know, might as well stay in this line. I've been in that line for probably about 10 to 15 minutes before I realized that was just the Domino's only line, (laughs) and my daughter wanted a hot dog, so I'm like, all right, let's go to a different line, and so, but, you know, little signs, little markers, you know, would uh, would be a little bit helpful, but, you know... You know, the, where uh... where whereas I do have company seats, you know, in the suite, uh, you know, the company has to also pay for the food, and my company didn't. So it was just like a thing of nachos. And you don't get to order, you can only order like in bulk. So I'd have to have like six people also order um hot dogs with me. And I I already talked to my coworkers at work. Why would I want to talk to them during a hockey game? That sounds terrible.
1: Well, roughing it in the suite.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. So. How
1: was the uh, How was the crowd?
0: I thought the the crowd was good, and really a shout out to really a shout out to the student section. I thought they were magnificent, and they really came out in full force. Um, one thing that kind of caught me by surprise was they. Had a little clip at the arena of you know students. Here's how to log into your activity. So apparently, you know, back in my day, when you were a student, you just have your ID, you swipe it, you got in. So apparently, there's a little more rigmarole role to to get signed up to get you know get a ticket to go in. And I think in the end, that kind of hurts your your experience probably a little bit. Not not your experience, but your um. You know, Access- jumping more. Accessibility. Accessibility, yeah. exactly. Jumping more hoops through um, and whatnot. But, it, you know, they really turned out. Um, I also went to the uh, women's game against Lindenwood on, oh. um, on Friday night. So I went there, you know, I went there with the whole family, um, whereas it was just uh, me and my daughter that went to the St. Thomas game. Um, and that was, you know, that was kind of always, we always have to do test runs because I've got a four-year-old and I've got a set of twins. So everything is just, you know, like, okay, how are we going to do this? We have to plan. We don't, we can't do anything spontaneous anymore. Everything has to be an ordeal. Everything has to be, you know, okay, if we're doing this, we got to, you have these five things ready beforehand. What if this happens? Pack up this, pack up the minivan and whatnot. So, so anyway, you know, Clara's kind of running around and Will's kind of trying to keep up with Clara and. And then, you know, the husky score and the horn goes off, and then Will just starts crying and bawling because it was just a loud noise. So it was, it was, it was an ordeal. It was an adventure. It was a lot of fun, though. Um, you know, and it was, you know, ten bucks for an adult, and you know, all the kids got in free. So it actually, oh, nice. you know, wasn't too bad. I think that'll be something maybe, you know, uh, Claire and I will just go to just us two in the future, and then she has a little more freedom also to kind of run around, whereas. You know, at the hockey game, I want to kind of keep, or at the men's game, I want to keep her a little bit more close. But, you know, I I tweeted out a picture also, and, you know, of the student section, because right behind, you know, where the section marker is, it had, you know, Domino's Pizza and it said the Dog Pound. So, So the Dog Pound is now sponsored by Domino's. And then also in the little section over there, there was, you know, the Husky Sports Band playing. So, you know, I I tweeted that out and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Cause not only that, they spelled it D-O-G, not D-O-G-G, which again, (laughs) I've always noted as D-O-G-G for dog pound. Um, But it was, but I was like, oh, it's sponsored now. So I put hashtag spawn, hashtag ad, you know, for that. And the amount of people that I just got about, the, like, oh, if that band is there during the men's game. And I'm like, God, you just... I was I was really surprised because I was like... It never even crossed my mind that they would have a band for the administration. And then I also... God, the vitriol people have against a live band. You know, I guess I don't really yeah. understand. I like having a band at college hockey games. I... It doesn't sound the best at the concrete cathedral. I mean, acoustically, it's, you know, garbage. Um for you know anything music related like for crowd noise obviously it's great but it was i don't know it was just kind of interesting i kind of you know you know people i guess are really stuck in their ways and they really want to keep hearing gary glitter for i don't know again i'm a little more inclined for change you know i think change is good overall change spices things up and whatnot and you know traditions sometimes deserve to die (laughs) but i i don't know i just thought it was interesting um you know of the the vitriol people have against bands.
1: Yeah, I, so. I'm surprised, but I didn't know that there was an anti-band faction out there. And yeah, I wonder what the what the um, push. But why why would there be an anti-band faction? It's not like there's not enough room for them. I mean, they're not. It's not like they're selling out. Uh, Even when, you know, they were the number one seed those two years. Um, And I just, from an atmosphere standpoint, the band can play the Gary Glitter song, you know? Like, I I always think it it adds something to the college sports atmosphere.
0: And I also like it when they have it, like, in the entryway, too. I know they did that sometimes for big games, too. Like, even just in the entryway, they have just a a couple people in the band and whatnot. But anyway... Um, so that was my experience. So we talked about, um, let's talk about, I guess the full game, um, uh, first game Friday for St. Thomas against St. Thomas. Um, you know, it was seeing the lineup sheet, obviously Easton Bradzinski getting the fourth line. Um, you know, we were again, texting back and forth and, um, you know, we kind of thought, you know, it'd be limited, just kind of test the waters to see how it would go. Uh, he came out of the gate. I mean, you know, coming back from a broken femur in multiple spots, to to uh, putting up you know a multi-goal, multi-point game. I mean, I was just blown away by um, just his play in general and his tenacity. So, um, yeah, a lot of penalty trouble. You know, St. Thomas couldn't really keep up, yeah. and um, a little bit not used probably to the quote-unquote new rules or something along those lines. But you know, we were able to. We were able to put the pucks on, you know, in the net on the power play, and I was just also blown away by like, Saint Thomas, you gotta do something different. And every penalty kill, they were in just the same passive box formation. And it's like, that's not gonna work against this team. We are going to eat it alive. And just his Blasi's refusal to, you know, hey, let's try to be more aggressive this time and see what happens it was just kind of kind of interesting. So Anyway, that was a little bit of my uh, on my take. Only two Huskies didn't register a point for skaters, uh, Mike Miller and uh, uh, Joel Molinar. So, I mean, it was it was uh, a party all around. So,
1: agreed. Welcome with, to Division
0: uh, One, St. Thomas.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agreed with uh, the Brodzinski um, s- s- thoughts, and I do think that they were trying to, to ease him in. Um, I don't expect him i mean again huskies are, are a team that's you know, even again in years past it's not like first line second line third line fourth line are are, are set in stone there's a lot of movement within the lines and and their fourth line is a is better than average compared to the rest of the of, of the leagues um so just to say he's on the fourth line i wouldn't that you're, you're, he's not going to be a fourth line player so I do think the plan was for him to not get a ton of ice time. Um, but, yeah, the scoring touch clearly is still there. The thing that really impressed me or made me realize he has no ill effects of, of the injury is how physical he was playing. Throwing mm-hmm. the weight around, a couple of nice body checks. Uh, he did not play timid at all, which is kind of the fear of major injury like this is that they're they're going to be a little bit more wary going into the corners or, you know, going into some dangerous uh, areas of the ice. Didn't see any of that. So that was the best, best thing for me is just uh, the goals aside, those are always going to come. Um, But not only is it, as you said, the tenacity is there. He feels, he he looked like a guy, a fifth year player playing against an inexperienced team. He just, I mean, Mm -hmm. The the two goals that he scored were were not not stoppable uh, and and yeah it was a men versus boys kind of feel there for not just with him but for much of that game after really after the first period after the after they pulled tomi I don't know if that was at six to one or seven to one or somewhere in there well I really and then when Saint Cloud seemed to you know we had talked last week they didn't have a chance to play an exhibition game before this. This kind of turned into an exhibition game because they brought in Lamarou, uh, bought halfway through to finish it up for Herenak, uh, which I think was smart. I mean, your game's out of hand at that point. Like, to, I was even maybe thinking they could get uh, 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 Caster in uh, for some action as well. Um, but just was Lamarou uh, basically played half the game, the second half. Um, and yeah, as you said lots of players got points. Um, both games, I know we're still on Friday's game, but I liked that. We were able to see all of the freshmen, um, throughout the weekend, uh, guys, like, I, I know Selquist played on uh, Saturday and then Lutke on Sunday. So, uh, I think Pert was, Pert was maybe the only guy to play both days of, of the freshmen. Um, so they're kind of cycling in their their young guys and getting them, uh, they're getting their feet wet. And I thought that the freshman played pretty well. Um, Pert had a couple of penalties uh, in the weekend, um, but I thought I was impressed by his kind of defensive nature. Um, he was a guy that you really the first half of the Saturday game, you didn't really hear his name much, um, but that's sometimes a good thing for a defenseman. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a Sean like offense first defenseman. I don't think he's a guy that's a just a stay at home guy. I think he's going to. Uh, I think on the broadcast they brought up Brian Suter as a comparison, which I think is a good one. He's not a guy that's going to shy away from playing off uh, an offensive aspect of the game, but first and foremost, he's he's a rock at the uh, at the blue line and. Uh, so he was making the plays that he needed to. Like I said, I think he took three penalties in the weekend. Um, so getting his, uh, getting acclimated to the college game and hope we don't take three penalties a weekend going forward. But at the same time, that also says you're not, you're not, um, you know, scared of, of getting involved and and playing aggressive as well. Just need to tamp that down uh, and, and, and not, uh, not play stupidly, which I'm, I don't, I'm not saying he, he was. So, as far as the young guys go, I, I was probably most uh, interested in seeing them. We kind of know what the upperclassmen can do, uh, and guys like Rodzinski, which has the uh, injury question marks. You know, all of those question marks are pretty much erased um,
0: this weekend.
1: And then, yeah, I, I uh, hard to pick out negatives in a twelve to two game, thirteen to two game, really. <laughs> I'm not letting that one go. Uh, but, uh, but, yep, and as we said, you know, that first uh, first game uh, was the boat race, and then Sunday was the, the more competitive contest, just 2 nothing there. I wonder, I bet there's going to be some, some people that will blame that on the fat ice in St. Cloud. That's another, like, oh, St. Thomas didn't, they couldn't handle the Olympic sheet. And maybe the NHL ice uh, at the X was more to their liking or at least just more to their experience. Um, but yeah, two nothing on Sunday, obviously the score much tighter. I, I still think the, the the bulk of the action was dictated by St. Cloud. It's really only a few stretches uh, in the game that St. Thomas had sustained pressure. And even then, you know, 30 seconds at a time, uh, not, there wasn't really a point in the game where I, I kind of felt, "Ooh, St. Thomas has uh, turned the tide here." It seemed like it was always St. Cloud's game; they were always sort of in control, and and they had they just didn't finish on a couple of opportunities. They had a couple of posts. Uh, I think Bronczinski had a pipe somewhere in there. Um, so, game was probably the score was probably closer than what the the action would uh, would dictate. But
0: yeah, and you know only allowing three shots on goal in the first period. Um, and then, you know, six during the second where I thought St. Thomas, probably only down, you know, one-nothing going into the second. You know, that's probably where they were like, hey, we got a chance at this. And they came out firing, I thought, early in the second. That's probably the best best chance or their best sustained pressure and whatnot. But then eventually, obviously, um, you know, that time turned right to – Right to St. Cloud and then, you know, Micah puts it up to nothing and yeah, you know, they were just kinda able to roll four lines and coast to the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, and uh You didn't go to you didn't go to that Sunday game, did you?
0: I did not. I uh paid for Flow Sports. Yep. Uh, same year. You know, yeah, paid for the monthly. Um the you know, I was thinking about it, but again, you know, I can't do anything spontaneous anymore. You know, with the twins, like right. you know, and 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 Clara and whatnot. So, you know, packing everything up and then heading down there, I just—it's not the life for me until I don't know. They're all eighteen. Sure.
1: <laughs> no, I was just—I I was just curious as to you know. I think they said three or four thousand uh, showed up, and I you know they they, they brought the a student section there. Uh-huh. Uh, park behind uh one of the nets uh i was just more curious just to see like what the uh you know St. Thomas contingent versus St. Cloud contingent would have been whenever the Huskies scored you could they, they were not quiet so uh and just the fact that it was their first game uh home game in quotes um in the at the D1 level i it was just kind of curious that i'm sure that it kind of been a weird vibe there yeah. Um, but um all told I think that went that went fairly well. Um again that's another one where I mean I'm sure the Huskies, other than like guys on St. Thomas that would have played in like the state hockey tournament, I bet you more huskies have played at the X than guys on St. Thomas. So wasn't necessarily I mean it'll go in the books as a as a road game, but um a place that St. Cloud uh, and many of their players have, have played at and had success at. So I thought that, uh, that worked out well for the Huskies.
0: Yeah. It was, um, overall, you know, overall, your your thoughts on what is it what you expected from the makeup of the team? Um, do you think they're a little ahead of where you thought they would be? A little behind after one week? Just, um, you know, Rennick. I thought you know both games, or you know, I th- he played extremely well. Lamaru, when he came in, I thought he did also really well. Um, you know, just kind of his poise. I was I was happy to see. Um, you know, I'm always nervous about the little leakers that can kind of go through Rennick, but he, you know, he looked strong. Um, he wasn't tested, a, you know, m- you know, a lot, a ton, but you know, any time that he was, I thought he was up for it, and and he. Goal that he let in. I was like, oh well, that's it. <laughs> that not much he could have done there.
1: Yeah, the poise, the poise was there. Did you see him? He was trying for a, he was trying to go for an empty net goal. At the end. <laughs> trying
0: to go for an empty netter. I loved didn't it.
1: Didn't he? Didn't he do that in the NCAA's last year too? What? Either the Boston College game or the B. I don't know. BU pulled their goalie. Pretty sure the BC game. He was trying to do that too. Which
0: I think so. I think I remember that.
1: I'm going to go out a limit. I'm going to say he's going to score a goal this year.
0: Whoa! Okay, that's a uh, that's a. He's trying. He's trying for it.
1: He's trying for it, and uh, you can tell that he's been practicing it. And
0: he's a fifth-year
1: senior that he's doesn't he have doesn't too have many a goal bo- yet. Like he doesn't have too many slacking. boxes that aren't checked at this point, and that's going to be one
0: most now, most goals in SCSU history by a goalie. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Wonder if there is if there has been a goalie? goalie. I don't think I don't think there. Has not necessarily. I haven't I haven't seen one, but you could have one of those ones where the goalie's the last guy to touch the puck, and then the other team puts it in. There's been a couple of those over the years in like mm-hmm. the NHL. I'm not saying for Saint Cloud. Saint Cloud's been around for you know for a while. I, I wouldn't be shocked if someone has had a goal, but yeah, certainly not in my time. Bremsek. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we could be going way back to the what the '30s. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, that's my hot uh, prediction for for the night. I'll, I so like it. Sometime this season, he's gonna he's gonna pop one in.
0: It's it's bold. It's bold. I like it. Um, but as far
1: as far as you know, just the general team, how uh-huh. I felt. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to really gauge much um, just based on St. Thomas being yeah, kind of not good. Obviously, we we kind of figured that going into it, um, you know, and, and so I think the, the two wins were expected. I'll have a lot better gauge on how I feel about this team, positive or negative after this weekend, uh, when they, when they're playing Mankato, but they're not, they did not disappoint me. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I did not see 12 goals either, uh, coming. I thought, you know, six or seven or eight or something would have been kind of greedy, um, so nice to see, nice to see, uh, a double digit goal total put on there, but I'm going to, yeah, I'll reserve my, my early season optimism or pessimism or uh, whatever, whatever <laughs> ism, uh, until, uh, until this weekend. Yeah.
0: And what, what I was most happy to see, obviously, you know, we talked about Brad Zinsky, um, but, the big thing I like is the presence that, especially on the first game, that, you know, Hinch's. I thought he was, you know, buzzing everywhere, um, and Fitzgerald. I mean, yeah. those are, you know, your two big leaders, and you're going to need them to step up. And I thought, you know, in all honesty, those are two that kind of kind of slid backwards at the end of last season. You know, th- you know, those are the people who you need there. When I talked um, earlier in the podcast, you know, Um, last podcast about how I feel like we didn't have a, you know, a top scorer or or, or like a a game breaker, you know, and that's supposed to be Henches and and Fitzgerald with his, you know, seniority, I'll say, (laughs) or just downright oldness. But, you know, he's, you know, those are the people who you want to step up when when, when the going's tough. And I thought, you know, in the run, they – they really slid backwards, and, you know, it was the Will Hammer, you know, that was able to shine. Cockrell, you know, was able to shine and whatnot. Yeah, they played all right, but they didn't show up near, on the uh, on the score sheets nearly as much. You know, Nolan Walker really kind of took that role and just ran with it at the end of last season. So I was happy to see, especially how Hinch just played. I was really, really optimistic in seeing that. And, you know, Okabe as well. I mean, if, if we can get him going, that's going to be great. Um, of the new one, you know that I, I liked um, Spalacy's intensity um, on Sat on a Sunday's game, and um, I, I felt like he was a really good Will Hammer uh, replacement and whatnot. And he was also nine for th- uh, nine wins and three losses on the faceoff draw for the week or for that game. So I mean that's that's what you want out of your uh, out of your depth. So
1: yeah, always important to uh, get a good faceoff guy. Um, yeah, I, that that loot key, um impressed me on Sunday. He, he, that's the only game of the two that he played, um, but it seemed like he had a uh, puck on his stick um, fair amount of times. And uh, yeah, I think that he can um, he can be someone that uh, another good role depth guy uh, that can kind of work into his own. I agree with Fitzgerald as well. Never really saw him as a playmaker per se. He was. Uh, he he felt very comfortable handling the puck and setting plays up. Um, yeah, like you said, the experience factor there is is uh, a big key of that. Um, but he looked like a slightly different player. I've I've always liked him, but he's kind of felt like a more finisher rather than the uh, the setup guy. And he was a he was a force uh, and. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big key. And just when you're rattling off these names of and Walker and you know, Micah Miller, um, who always like once a game seems to have like a break break in, a breakaway chance or you know quasi breakaway drawing a penalty or something like that. He's always sort of he doesn't put up the numbers per se, but as far as the chances go, he's always, he's he's a threat to to be reckoned with. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the it, it goes to the 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 depth of this team. That yeah, you can have a guy like Brodzinski play on the quote unquote fourth line, and uh, and that um, you're gonna roll out four lines like that. You know, four lines that you're not gonna just try a line to um, to give your guys the you know, a rest, you know, and just a stopgap. You know, the four lines are legit uh, scoring uh, threats, and, and even within that, you're mixing and matching. Uh, there's very, very, very a uh, little or very uncommon uh, over the last few years to have one you know three three guys on a line that are always there all season it's it's constant shuffling and it goes to the, the chemistry of the uh, of the team that uh-huh. you can sort of mix and match a lot of different line combinations um and that keeps the other team on their heels too they, it's tough for yep. them to defend so so yeah uh, like i said it's uh Tough to take uh, too much um, away from this series, it's just based on the opponent, but it couldn't have gone any better, I don't think. Um, so, and I think getting that confidence to go into Mankato this weekend uh, is uh, is going to be very important.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's get into that. Um, it's <laughs> you know. Speaking of uh, weekends that couldn't have gone much better, um, you know, Minnesota State going to UMass, spoiling their banner raising, getting the sweep, and really how they were able to do, um, how they were able to get that sweep too is, you know, kind of noteworthy in my mind. Um, you know, first off, you know, two nothing win, um, where Dryden McKay just pitches a shutout, um, Mankato scores, Mankato draws a penalty and scores within the first minute of the game. Um, and then, even after that, UMass only had one shot on goal that whole yeah. first period. Um, and then, just uh, UMass wasn't able to be let up off the mat. Um, you know, they must have got a tongue lashing or whatnot over there. You know, after, after that game, going into the next one, they come out firing, they've got a 3 0 lead. You know nothing can you know nothing's going wrong at, at all for Mankato and then or nothing's going wrong for UMass and then all of a sudden you know Mankato just unleashes an onslaught there in the third period um scores five goals in the third um and you know they scored another one late in the second to make it six straight goals um yeah it was, three, it, was, it was
1: it was three nothing with like a minute to go in the second I mean they didn't score their first goal until late in the second and then like you said poured it on in the third
0: yeah, and, you know, in the third, it was it was like a nine-minute stretch where five goals, you know, went in. And that's just, you got that, and you got, you know, a strong goaltender um, there with, obviously, um, you know, I would say the favorite to win the Richter, Dryden McKay. He'll probably get a lot more um, clout now that there's non-conference games to where he probably was held back by that last year because it was, quote-unquote, just the WCHA. Um, but it's this, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for this, uh, series. I'm a little bummed that it's happening, you know, week two versus January. Um, but you know, we're going to have a healthy lineup for both sides and it's going to be, it's going to be a slugfest. So I'm looking forward to it. What are you, uh, what are you looking out for, for the, for the most part?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree too. I think this is going to be a barn burner series. Um, should say too. I mean, UMass they lost a couple of guys at Lindbergh, their goalie, um, and a couple of their forwards uh, left. But that's largely the same team. I mean, that Murray was in net for them, who was the goalie in their first uh, the, the Duluth game, the Frozen Four, and so he's and he started, uh, I think, the year before Lindbergh got there, uh, and so it's not like this was a totally different UMass team. I mean. Yeah, they were rated number one probably largely ceremoniously just because they were the, the national champion last year. It seems to be the tradition. Um, rank them number one the next year. Uh, they might not be the number one team this year necessarily, but they're still a, a damn good team and, and and two road wins there um, on you know a banner-raising occasion. I'm sure the uh, atmosphere fans back in the building I'm sure the atmosphere was, was off the charts. So don't, uh, I I know you're not, uh, but yeah, don't, uh, I was very impressed to see that, that result for, for Kato. I think that a split would have been, you know, I saw the three nothing score on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, oh, you know, you got a split. That's, it's pretty good. If St. Cloud gets a split this weekend, I think that'd be, uh, I'd be, uh, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, and so for them to to go into UMass way, way and, to go, and, and win, way team. to
0: go, way to go, Craig Doll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hope uh, for road. a split on the road.
1: <laughs> well, road splits win- against against good teams. I don't think your uh, beggars can't be choosers. I I think it. that's true. Be, you don't want to get swept. Um, and you know, Mankato's a tough place to play. They've Saint Claude has. I've been I've been at a series in Mankato where the Huskies have been swept. So, uh, and expect the atmosphere there to be pretty good too. Coming on, you know, this is Mankato team coming off their first ever, uh, not just Frozen Four, but NCAA wins. Um, and you know, they played St. Cloud great in the Frozen Four. Uh, it's kind of like some, uh, unfinished business, uh, going on there. Um, I thought that for... You know, not not. I would say maybe sixty percent of that game. I thought Mankato outplayed well the Huskies. Uh, it wasn't a dominant, a dominating performance for either side, but especially in that second period, it looked like the Mavericks were taking control of that game. And it was credit to the Huskies that they were able to, to dig deep and uh, you know and win that game at the at the end, kind of a buzzer beater type last minute goal. Um, Nolan Walker, right? I think so. Yep, it was like tip the, from the from the, the
0: tip, which has been flooding my my Twitter. Is any uh, mention of that game? It's been that GIF from the down the line camera angle, yeah. where it's just absolutely gorgeous. The uh, yeah. the uh, that that tip. So shout out to the cameraman, whoever did that one. So yeah. So
1: I and you know Huskies know know how tough uh, a game to expect. Uh, obviously, with most of the teams still intact from from the run last year uh, this should be a great series. And, you know, McKay, as you said, is he's had a great career. Huskies seem to have handled them fairly well. I mean, they don't play every year now. They're not in the same conference, but I believe he was the goalie for Okabe's four goal outburst a couple years ago. I think they chased McKay. It was like a seven to two game or something like that. Uh, and then you had the, uh, frozen four last year. Um, where the Huskies scored five goals on McKay, so uh, they've had, they've had a you know you look at the guy's numbers and he's always you know one point seven something goals against you know just uh, the best save percentage in the country and and all that. Uh, Huskies in the limited time that they have seen him um, seem to have uh, found something to to get past him, um, but yeah. I would again I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see him, you know, throw a shutout one of these games. Uh it's gonna be a tough series. Um looking forward to to seeing kind of the physicality here. I think that's always been sort of Mankato's advantage when they play the Huskies is they seem to be more of a, a physical team. Just in the style of play is a little more uh hard nosed, um, whereas St. Cloud has typically been uh more skillsy. Um I think this year, just based on the small sample that we've seen, I've seen a little more grit uh, from the Huskies. So I think that they can maybe, you know, close that physicality gap uh, with Mankato, and I still think they have maybe a slight skill advantage or speed advantage, let's say, um, up front. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the um, you know, who's going to, which, which team or which unit of, we, of, of which team is going to bend the most in the series. It's, uh, there's going to be, you know, or it could go, it could go down to the goaltending. You know, it's, I uh-huh. think the, 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 matchup is so close between these two teams that it's going to be really the, those details, uh, is where the teams are going to win, uh, live and die. Uh, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm copping out and I'm going split, um. But uh, I'm just hoping for two entertaining games, and I, I think we're gonna get them. But uh, what's what's your uh, what's your thoughts going into the series?
0: Yeah, you're you're right on uh, McCabe and the goalie um, for that game down. That was at the uh, Mariucci Classic, um, and so yeah, Okabe scored um, the first three, then Brodzinski scored. Um, Mankato scored, and then Okabe scored his fourth. And then it was five. So it was five-one. Mikaela did five goals on nine shots, and then he was pulled.
1: And that would be the that, and then the Frozen Four. That's the those are the last two games that the Huskies and Mavericks have played. They haven't they haven't played a non-conference series in that time, I believe. I don't think so. So I think that I think those are the only two games that McKay has played against the Huskies.
0: Yeah, um, I believe so. I remember, or was he on the was he on when the Was Hockey Day Minnesota?
1: That would have been eighteen January of eighteen. Oh, was that's I right,
0: because Clara was very young. That's right. So I don't. He think... Might he might have was... been on that team. I'm not sure. I I I don't think he was. I
1: think he came in in nineteen. But
0: nope, he was not on that team. That was Connor Lukovi. Uh,
1: okay so yeah and it seems like so th- those would be the only two games that um that these two teams have played in the last well since since Larson's taken over let's say um
0: God, that that 1718 I team for mankato also was just a juggernaut <laughs> 29 10 yeah. and one but they lost like the last three they lost the michigan tech and the in the WCHA three game playoff then they had a week off then yeah, then they lost to Minnesota Duluth, uh, three to two in overtime in Sioux Falls. That's right. So, so this has been your, uh, Minnesota state history lesson there. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really excited to, kind of see how the depth of both teams are going to match up against each other. Um, you know, obviously we can talk about, you know, our top players um, and, you know, how they're going to match up um, against, you know, the the best that Mankato um, has to offer. And, of course, you know, right now I'm just stalling because I thought I had everything set up and I don't. There it is. Okay. So, I mean, like. Um, Nate Smith and whatnot. I mean, he had just a fantastic weekend with, uh, you know, six points, you know, against the defending t- title and, you know, their, he was he, their
1: best player. I thought last year too.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Livingstone, you know, Fury. So it's it's going to be, it's it, you know, I think matching up those against matching up against the Brodzinski henches, Miatnik, Krnilla, you know, all that's going to you know, maybe play out as a wash, but I'm going to be looking at our role players and our depth to see, you know, that's, that's what we built last season on was, was our ability to, to always kind of wear down opponents, grind them down, not nearly as flashy as years past, um, but play solid team-based hockey and, and was able to get that. And, you know, the, I think Minnesota is going to try to do the same thing. Like you said, they're probably going to be a little bit more physical. How we react to that? And I think if we get to McKay early enough, uh we're we I think we're going to, you know, be on the right track to, to secure the victory, but Mankato obviously, you know, they can come back. So it's you know, you're not going out at a limb at all for a split and I would be hard-pressed to go any other way with it either. So that's probably you know where I see it heading as well. But you know, first and foremost, I think it's just going to be—it's just going to be entertaining. It's just going to be a slugfest. So it's—I'm—I'm I'm excited for it. The yeah, last—the yeah. last game that I saw in Mankato, um, I believe was back in '07. Was a second leg of a home and home.
1: Is that when they coughed up the 3-0 lead late?
0: Uh, that is not.
1: That would have been right around that time. But... Yeah, in that era, they played some... Well... They played some yeah. crazy games against Mankato in, like, late 2000s.
0: Yeah, that... Okay, okay, that game... Yeah, it was 4-1. Huskies were up 4-1. to
1: I, uh, I thought it was 3 nothing and the guy, the guy was Mick Bergie, who I think scored three goals, and then somebody else scored a fourth. It, it was like nine minutes to go in the third period, and, and Mankato came back and won that game. But it would have been in that 7 08 era, so maybe not the one that you're thinking of. I remember there in that time there was like a scoreless tie. Uh, that's the last game years. I went
0: to. Yep. Okay. That was right. the last game I went to was the scoreless tie. <laughs> and um yeah, Gebert and Zacharias battled to a 0 <laughs> Uh, Gepfert made two saves in the first period. And we were just not able to do anything with it. So that was that was the last game and never ever since I I had a lot of fun in downtown, you know, Mankato with that arena right downtown. It's yeah, it can yeah, be I've a only fun.
1: time. I've only been down there for one Husky series, and then I I did go to a, a a random Mankato Anchorage game. I was down there for an old job. It was like the, I think it was the year that Mankato was number one overall. So with that been like fourteen or fifteen, um, and they spanked. Anchorage pretty, pretty well, sure. but, uh, but yeah, a, 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 nice, nice arena in a, in a fun spot. Um, and like I said, the, the two schools have, have a history, uh-huh. um, just, yeah, just kind of thinking now about they, I mean, even in the first couple of years of the new conference alignment, they were playing home and homes or, or at least a non-conference series, um, I thought pretty much every year up until we haven't I think the last series they had was the one I went to which would have been sixteen seventeen. 17 uh, because he just had the one off at uh, hockey day uh-huh. and then and then the one off at the uh, Mariucci Classic and then last year in the Frozen Four I feel like I'm missing something in there but I don't think so I think that that's been it and so it's nice to restoke the rivalry I hope that this is not a home and home. It's a two down to Mankato. I hope that that means that we're going to get Mankato up to Saint Cloud. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, get 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 those home and homes back on. It. Those are always fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you have a home and home this year with Bem- Bemidji, uh, but not <laughs> uh, not Mankato.
0: yeah uh, that's year. a that's a terrible drive too. Uh, yeah, and, like like I I forget every once in a while on how far north Bemidji is. I mean obviously it's not like Grand Forks or anything but it's like no, at least close. Grand Forks is easy to get to. Yeah,
1: but you know. Bemidji, I have never been to Bemidji. I am ex traveling fan but I have to admit I never made it up to
0: Bemidji. I've never made it up to Bemidji for a hockey game but I've been up there before.
1: I I don't think I don't think I've ever been there period. I maybe as like a kid we went to the Babe the Blue Ox thing or something but I don't remember it. So yeah, and this year if anyone is interested, it's New Year's weekend. So right in sunny Bemidji <laughs> in January first. I, I think they actually I think they had the first game up there. So yeah. December thirty first.
0: So but, yeah, so the game before you know, before the great zero zero tie. Yeah. Huskies got goals from Michael Olson, Casey Bohr, Andrew Gordon, and Aaron Brocklehurst. <laughs> as Doug Woog
1: used to nah. always say. Uh,
0: so uh, yeah, bizarre, they
1: were up. too. <laughs> Not Hurst. It's
0: Horst. Horst. Um, yeah. So it was four to one with, um, you know, about about four minutes uh, into the third period. Hartman takes a penalty. Berge scores. Hanson scores. Stewart, Jared Stewart scored. Then Travis Morin scored the game-winning goal, and then added an empty netter there at the end. And and that, and that,
1: and that was that was at St. Cloud.
0: That was at St. Cloud. Yep. And Hanson scored um, at eleven twenty-seven. Stewart at fifteen forty-two. And then the game winner was Morin at sixteen forty-seven. That dropped St. Cloud to fourteen. Four and three.
1: Yeah, and I remember that being a tough weekend. Cause it, that might have been what would that have been like? February, January, January,
0: January. Twelfth and thirteenth.
1: Maybe it wasn't. I, I I thought that it was like right on the heels because that year, which was Moscos, was was this 07 or which which o, year was this?
0: 06, 07. Okay,
1: so this had been Moscow's second years. No, so I'm I'm thinking the year before that they went up to North Dakota and swept them. But I'm thinking that in that time period, like the early Moscow years, uh, Saint Cloud really struggled with Mankato, uh, which was which was odd because I think under Dahl, I think Saint Cloud won the first dozen games or something against Mankato. They dominated them up up until like I said around this era. Where then it seemed like, even with St. Claude being a better team, it seemed like it was always tough to get wins uh, out of Mankato. And there would be, like, these choke jobs like that. There was a playoff series they played against them where uh, Mankato won the first game on, on, like, they had they tied the game up with, like, one of those one seconds to go kind of goals. Uh, and then St. Cloud ended up winning in three games. Uh, that was a good series. Yeah, there's always been... Generally good, entertaining series against uh, these two teams, and as we we're as we we're saying, expect that to to remain the, the same here this weekend.
0: Um, as long as it's not a zero zero tie. Yeah, that's. that's no, that's, I don't. I don't
1: think there's going to be a zero zero tie.
0: Okay, that was oh nine oh ten, I believe. Oh nine oh ten. Who am I? Wow. Yeah, it works.
1: <laughs> that was the playoff series.
0: Yep, that was yeah Jeff Irwin scored at the nineteen fifty nine mark. Extra well, it was, attacker. Well, then I, Kale Mullerat scored the game winner twenty seconds into
1: overtime. Dan Dunn was the goalie for the Huskies, I believe, and I don't. I remember not. I think he did not. If I can remember, I think that he had a chance to, he could have like shot the puck into the corner, and he ended up he he ended up uh, covering the puck to give him a face off because it was right off a draw is when they scored that last second goal. But if he would have just flung it into the corner, the clock would have ran out. So I remember being very angry at uh, Dan Dunn. Um,
0: I am I am absolutely amazed that you're able to remember stuff like that. Like I sure. always what? I always stumble on dates. I always stumble on or at least years and I mean for for God's sake I called it O10. Um and just these little minute details they 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 stick out in your mind. And yeah, you're right. on so was the so goalie Mike Lee played the uh, the next night 1-3 to 2 and then yeah in overtime uh Drew LeBlanc scored for um to send us to the XL.
1: I was in Game Three, which I remember when I came into the building that day. I always came in on the backside of the of the herb, which wasn't technically the herb back. Which
0: then, wasn't but, the herb at that time, but
1: close to the practice rink. Um, and so that I, I'm walking into the building that day, and outside the building, smoking a heater, drinking a cup of coffee, opening the door for fans. Mankato coach Troy mm-hmm. Judding. <laughs> and, uh, and so I do. I do remember that he's a very nice guy. He was not happy Apparently. that game because the uh, the LeBlanc winner. I think there was like an offside controversy. It, they he like stormed off the rink. Um, but it was all. It was good. that was a uh, yes. Yeah, so that was 2010. That was the first year that that the Huskies would have. That was when the Huskies broke their NCAA uh, jinx.
0: Um, yep. And so. I remember, yeah. or I also know that. Go on YouTube. I know this go- that goal is somewhere on YouTube because I remember seeing that because the, the LeBlanc it's LeBlanc goal. from Lash and Row and I'm like, geez, that's a that's a powerhouse right there.
1: I, yeah, I'll have, I'll have to check it out because again, I don't. I think it was offsides. There was some sort of thing that Judding lost his lost his uh, shit, uh, and uh, that was the end of their season. But yeah, good times with uh, with these two teams, and kind of got the Minskew, you know, the be- the beer bowl, kind of booze bowl. Uh, uh, I don't know how rich of a tradition that is anymore, but back in our day, it was. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it's some good memories, and let's hope that uh, Huskies, uh, you know. At least, at least take one of these, Uh, and yeah, as far as it's non-conference schedule, plus the fact that you know the NCHC is the gauntlet as it is.
0: Yeah,
1: the the non-conference for Mankato might be more important for them. I mean, I I think that the CCHA is is an improvement from the WCHA just from the fact that uh, you, you cut out the lowest part of the conference generally, not to say anything. Poorly about Huntsville or Anchorage, or Fairbanks, but generally they were not top division teams. Uh, so, it, you know, and you're 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 getting St. Thomas in there, and they're not going to boost anyone's pairwise beating them necessarily. But I think that it's it's a stronger division just by the fact that it's a smaller division or conference, and not as bottom uh, heavy. As it was before, mm-hmm. but still, it's not it's not going to be a conference like the NCHC. Um, so, thing for teams like uh, Mankato and Bemidji and you know the contenders in that league, the the non conference is really where you can boost that hair wise up. Uh, yeah, and like I like we mentioned last week, pretty much all the Minnesota schools are. Playing tough non-conference. I think the golfers are playing the, the worst of the non-conference schedules. Yeah. Uh, but Duluth and Bemidji and Mankato, they're all kind of playing each other. I think I think Duluth and Bemidji got it uh, are going at it this weekend. Um, and Saint Cloud, obviously, mentioned, they have Bemidji on the schedule, and so playing a lot of the inst- the other in-state schools. But then, like you said, uh, uh, Mankato going out to UMass. Um, I know D- Duluth has got the icebreaker coming up. They're hosting it, I believe. And that's uh, Michigan's there. Uh, Providence is there. Mankato, I believe, is is the fourth uh, up there. So Mankato's going to play some of those teams. I think they got Providence right off the bat in that. That's next weekend. Talk about an early season gauntlet for Mankato. Um, so, yeah, the, the non-conference is the opportunity for Mankato to really prove themselves on a the national scale that's kind of the thing and i'm guilty of it myself and you know, looking at the wcha and you know it's not the not the top competition and so yeah going into that frozen four game last year i'm like wow, oh, we can we can we can handle mankato and like i said i think that mankato outplayed the huskies for the majority of that game yeah they did. Uh, and and so uh they're getting to the point where they're they prove themselves uh as a program uh, and and sweeping UMass on the road only, only increases that even more. So mm-hmm.
0: be a tough test. Yep, exactly. Um, so quick, uh, quick, uh, Twitter questions. We did this last time, uh, last iteration of the podcast. So, um, here we go. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, um, this team very early stages, um, you know, compared to the last few seasons, went over that a little bit um but you know I'm, I'm i'm excited to see how this team evolves and like i said if 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 we can get just a little more game breaking consistency out of um you know either fitzgerald henches you know or whatnot I, th- I think that's going to be kind of the, ma- the main key there um but it's you know more of the same with last year and um you know looking forward to that because obviously last year did us pretty well so um, obviously, go Huskies! Woo! Just replied with Jeff Finger, which you know, greatest uh, Husky hockey player of all time. Mount Rushmore four Jeff Fingers. Boom! Put it up there, <laughs> Mount Rushmore of uh, St. Cloud State hockey.
1: Four fingers of Jeff.
0: <laughs> right? If that isn't uh, if that isn't a poem by Emily Dickinson, I don't know what is. Um, yeah, it was Walt uh, Whitman. Oh, it was Whitman. That's right, Whitman. Yeah. Because it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um second game. Um do you think it was the Huskies backing off or St. Thomas, Thomas playing better? Which do you think uh which do you think was the case?
1: Uh, I'd say St. Thomas played a little bit better. Um
0: I mean staying out of the box. I mean that was uh, that, yeah, was, that yes. it was what seven power play goals. I mean
1: 7 out of 10 on Friday on Saturday. Yeah.
0: So it's I mean just staying out of the box 5 on 5. They were you know, obviously you could tell that they couldn't keep up and you know it was never really in doubt but um, they were again with with their penalty kill and just being so passive about it and you know we were able to just run wild on it on on it on Saturday Sunday they were able to stay out of the box you know you didn't get those backdoor plays um, and you know it was just a little bit more disciplined I would say by St Thomas so yeah they probably played better that day. Huskies probably did downshift a little bit, um, but I don't think, I, I don't think you're going to hear any of the coaching staff or players say that, admit that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And
1: second game of a back to back too. I mean, you're mm. you're not going to be as as fresh, and obviously that goes for both teams. But in this case, I think that would have given St. Thomas a slight advantage. I think the smaller sheet too works to their advantage. It's not don't have to do as much skating and st cloud can't expose their skill or speed advantage as much yeah. uh, on the smaller sheet so again i wouldn't it, the game should have been four or five nothing i think uh mm-hmm. like I said the huskies had a couple of pipes and, and really control play throughout 58 of the 60 minutes i'd say um so yeah it's we don't need a. I, <laughs> my brother said uh boy they they really ran the score up on St. Thomas. And I like to, yeah, it's, it's tough too because, you know, St. Thomas is such you a know, humble university and it's a <laughs> bunch of salt salt of the earth folks. It's really a shame.
0: It, it's that really the, tough. That they're the
1: little brother. Uh, yeah, no, I, you I feel, don't You'll mind. feel bad I for them. Mind. They're
0: pulling up by their bootstraps. And yep. we, we just, you know, the big, the big, the big bad St. Cloud State, powerful one, you know just yeah no, you I, you just feel for those one percenters i tell you that much
1: yeah i i don't i don't have a ton of sympathy for for that but um but yeah i yeah i'm not i'm looking not not, not looking too too much into yeah. nothing as as some sort of you know letdown
0: yeah yeah so it's it's gonna be a great great weekend here we'll we'll catch it on flow sports you know not going to yep. be able to um you know head down to the the not Midwest Wireless Center anymore. That that was my cell phone carrier back in back back in my stomping ground Midwest Wireless.
1: I wonder what it is now.
0: I think it was. It turned into it Verizon, Al-
1: and then I think it was, well, it was Altel at some point too. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of shuffled through all the wireless uh, all of, all of the mobile carriers. carriers.
0: Yeah. So, um, and then uh, our our good buddy Dan Jacobson. How excited am I for Metroid Dread? And um, I will say that I am so incredibly excited. Um, First new Metroid game in like 17, 18 years. You know, all new. Um, You know, continuing that story. Um, And it's been just... uh, It'll be good to have that back that comes out on Friday. So I'll be be picking that up and probably picking up my Switch during intermissions and, and playing Metroid. So I'm excited.
1: There you go.
0: You know, there's... If there's any Nintendo franchise, I think that could do a movie. I think I think Metroid could do it. I mean, it's basically Alien, <laughs> so I mean, you could you could do it. I think it would be really good. So there's always it's always there's always some rumors flying around. Oh yeah, blah 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 is attached to it. For a while, it was the director of Mission Impossible. You can do a Metroid movie and whatnot. So, but maybe one of these days. Any, any dreams. Yep, exactly. So, um, yep. Well, that uh, does it for the podcast. Here, we'll be here uh, next week talking about uh, the inevitable split that's probably going to happen, but hopefully, it's a husky sweep. There we go. Any, any closing thoughts?
1: Closing thoughts was it was this, uh, Jerry Springer. Um,
0: uh, the, this is my final thought. Be good. Take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's always uh, a good final thought. So.
1: That's a good, that, that is a I can't do any better than that.
0: You can't do that it way. than, than the great Jerry Springer, you know? So perfect. Well, thanks for listening and we will see you next week until then go Huskies. Woo. Woo.